APU. American Public University is proud to present The Everyday Scholar. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am Dr. Akina Finch, and today we're going to be speaking with Falashide Asabusi. Falashide Asabusi is an enrolled agent, accountant, ex-insurance broker, speaker, and business growth strategist. She has helped entrepreneurs and small business owners save over $27 million in lost revenue, tax assessments, penalties, and interest. This financial powerhouse partners with clients to identify financial challenges, design optimum solutions, and oversee implementation of new systems that simplifies financial processes for success. Greetings, Falasha Day. How are you today? Good morning, Dr. Finch. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. I am super excited to talk to you about Accounting 101 for Businesses, what every business owner should know. So why are you passionate about this topic? Ex-President Obama said it. He said a powerful message before. He said, small businesses are the backbone of our economy. And I've always believed that. But to hear the president say that at that point, I just knew that small business owners, if they make the income, we're able to really drive this economy forward and make positive impact. Well, way before then, I was always passionate because I knew what having a small business in your family or in your community can do economically. So I've just grew up with that passion and being from raised from my dad having his own business and the impact that he was making, I can see that if we just had more businesses, more successful small businesses, we can change the trajectory of this economy. That's beautiful. And so can you tell me a few things that you see all the time that business owners don't know that they don't know? Well, that's a very good question. So the first thing I noticed that small businesses don't know is the importance of doing their accounting. Accounting is the language of business. And if you're not doing your accounting, then that means you really don't know what's going on with your business. And when I speak to small business owners, they're not able to tell me how much money they bought in last year. They're not able to tell me what their expenses were. They're not able to tell me the core things that every business owner needs to know to really scale and grow and make money. So with that being said, small business owners don't really know that if you utilize the financial data to understand everything about your business and connect the dots to make the strategic decisions that you need to make. So it's very important that small business owners know the importance of accounting and start to really utilize it. So you were mentioning starting to utilize the accounting because, you know, some people, they'll say, oh, this is a good idea. Somebody like my T-shirt. So I'm going to start making this T-shirt in book. I'm just going to go get a website and get a name and start posting it on Facebook. Tell me what's wrong with that. Well, automatically, that's just jumping right in, not even knowing what some of your initial costs may be. That's another thing I noticed with small business owners. They don't really sit down and pull the financial pieces together to really know what startup costs they would need. How much money would they need the remainder of the year to keep the business afloat? How much is going to cost to get the product in bulk and may not even know the core business jargon, such as minimum order quantity, MOQs and things before they just jump out there. So your accounting basically starts the moment that you start to spend any money or decide to start a business. So now you said that the accounting starts as soon as you spend the first piece of money, right? So with that being said, 
what are some of the things that we should be spending our money on and how do we know we're spending our money on the right thing? Oh, that's amazing. So that goes to my concept of so strengths, opportunities, and weaknesses. Every business owner needs to first identify when they're initially starting their businesses, what are their strengths, opportunities, and weaknesses. We kind of already know what our threats are, competition, government, things like that. And once you identify your strengths, opportunities, and weaknesses, at that point, then you know exactly what areas you need to invest in. So for example, if you know one of your weaknesses is creating content, then your first training may be marketing training so you can learn how to market your product. I think once we utilize my concept of so strength, opportunity, weakness, we'll be able to identify the areas that we should invest in first. And to be able to make money, you need to know how to market and sell. So once you identify that weakness, you know, okay, you may need to invest into maybe a social media manager or a content creator or take a coaching course so you can learn how to create content or a coaching course so you can learn how to market your company. Once you identify your strengths in those areas, then that means, you know, you can go and push. You may not have to necessarily invest into individuals to help you, but maybe into systems and processes to help you automate things. So once you identify that, then you would know what softwares and systems and things that you need to create to get that going. And then with your opportunities, if there's opportunities out there, you need to also identify them because some opportunities may cost you. For example, if you have the opportunity to speak at an event, there might be costs that may be associated with that. And that might be where you introduce your new product at. So you need to be able to identify those opportunities so you can associate the cost. So I think it's a three-tier layer. You need to know the strengths and the areas that that you may need to invest in systems, processes, policies, and things like that, automation. Your weaknesses, you may have to hire individuals or take training courses so you can learn that. And then your opportunities, you may have to make those long-term investments that will allow you to build upon throughout time. But once you identify those three layers, then you would know what you need to invest in at that point. So do you have a checklist of things that small business owners should be looking for? First of all, it depends on where you are. I don't necessarily have like a startup checklist to guide a small business owner because every business is unique, every owner is unique, but we first need to identify a basic business plan. And so I, I do recommend, I've been hearing online lately, oh, you don't need a business plan and all that stuff. I do think you do need a business plan so you can put your vision on board. So that's step one. Step two, once you put that business plan together, you now need to come up with a profit plan on how you're going to make money, how you're going to market that business, what products and services are you going to offer. So once you do your business plan and then come up with a profit plan to really know how to put the business out there between those two core pieces, they should know at that point critically what steps they should be able to take. But it's not just a one bam, you know, they'll say, oh, get your EIN number. And if you want me to go into that part, yes, the basics is first, when you're trying to start a business, once you do your business plan, your profit plan, then yes, you need to register your business. Okay. And I noticed that a lot of small business owners, what they're doing is they're just getting the EIN number from the IRS and not registering the businesses on a state level. Your business originates on your state level. It is not originated on your federal level. So all business owners, it starts with the registration of your business on a state level. And then once you do that, then you need to go to the federal, to the IRS, get your EIN number. Once you get your EIN number, I do recommend to consult with an accountant because you can pick multiple different business structures. You can pick an LLC, so proprietor, partnership, 
S-Corp or corporation. And I do advise business owners to seek the proper advice in structuring that simply because your personal financial situation might predict or drastically change or negatively impact the structure that you have your business. So I do think that talking with an accountant on what structure fits your lifestyle and your family and your financial state first before you just jump out there and get your EIA number and structure your business. So once you do that, then you pull out your business plans and your profit plan and get going. So I think that's basically the necessary steps if we're gonna just talk about it on a general level. And so before we get into more conversation, it's time for us to take a break. We'll be right back. At American Public University, we believe higher education is not one size fits all. That's why we offer 200 modern programs that build on your knowledge and fit your schedule. Because we believe universities should adapt to the needs of students, not the other way around. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com. We are back with Falashide Asabusi. So you are known for helping people save money. So what are some of the things they should have in place so that they don't have to get to that point? What are some of the steps that they should set up at the very beginning? Or let's say they've been in there one or two, three years, right? What should they start doing right this moment? Well, the first thing that everybody should be doing is tracking their expenses. I see a surge of everybody talking about, take this tax strategy, do this, do this. But they don't realize that the first tax strategy is bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is the concept of tracking all of the income and all of the expenses and all of the day-to-day transactions that your business incur. Once you solidify a solid tracking mechanism, which I hope it's bookkeeping, right? Then at that point, we have all of your income properly properly accounted for and all of your expenses. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see so many small business owners do, Dr. Pinch. They try to skip the tracking of it and then come at the end of the year, they can never go back fully because of time, because they use cash. They're not able to keep up with all of the expenses that occur throughout the year. So the biggest tax saving strategy for any small business owner and even on a personal level is tracking everything that you guys spend and also what you make. And the reason why I always emphasize what you make is because these merchants like PayPal, Stripe and everything, they're just like us. They're businesses. They make mistakes too. So they can improperly report your income to the IRS stating that you made XYZ and you're like, oh no, I only made this amount, which is less than what they reported. So tracking everything is the first tax strategy. Once we're able to track everything, then at that point, we can see whether or not you possibly qualify for certain tax credits. Then at that point, your tax accountant should ask you, oh my goodness, okay, so I don't see any rent expenses that you accumulated throughout the year that you operate your business out of your home. And if they are operating their business out of their home, they're able to take the business use of home deduction. So I think just first starting with the tracking of the business expenses to account for every dollar that comes in and out 
out of your business is the first and biggest tax strategy that I can never not say first. And then everything else comes secondary because at that point, if you're working with a great accountant, they're going to start asking you questions. Okay, well, how do you pay your health insurance? Because I don't see the health insurance on your W-2. Are you paying it through your business or are you paying it through your job and not through your business? Okay, well, let's see if it's more beneficial for you to do it this way. I love that. I love that. So now the question is, as far as different things you have to get together for your taxes and things of that nature and your business structure, is it different if you are a solopreneur, meaning that is all you do compared to being a parallelpreneur where you have a job and you are running your business as well? Mm, Okay, so the first difference is, first of all, for our parallelpreneurs to understand that even if they have that nine to five, they still have to operate their business and do the same things and meet the same requirements that solopreneurs function off. So they have to track everything and they need to definitely make sure that they have everything separated. Don't commingle the business money with your personal money. That's the first thing. And then secondly, it really also depends on the structure. If your business is an S-corp, partnership or corporation, then your taxes are separate from your personal, in a sense, okay? But if you are a sole proprietor, everything connects. So your W-2 income from your nine to five will also be on the same 1040 as your personal. And it's a distinct connection too. If you make a lot of money on your nine to five, having that additional business income can take you to another tax bracket. So you definitely need to make sure you're tracking everything. Perlopreneurs need to have the same thing, have the same bookkeeping mechanism, track everything, and then also incorporate tax strategies as well, such as business use of home, tracking their business model. So it's really no different. And this also for my independent contractors. The moment that you guys make money and you're in control over what you make, you have the same financial obligations as a solo business owner. You know, that's a great topic because a lot of people are going to the contractor route, working for different companies or what have you, while they're also working for themselves and or have employment. So what is the number that they need to consider when they are deciding to be a contractor? Like, when do they need to know, hey, this is where I need to start doing the taxes as a business? The moment that you guys make a net profit of $400 in any 1099 contractor small business position, you are then required to now file a return. So let's say, for example, you made $1,000 and you have $600 of expenses. At that point, it triggers you to file that business return. Let's say, for example, you made $15,000 and you have $3,000 worth of business expenses. You are then required. So the moment that your business profits $400 or more, you are required to now file that business income. Also, because now with all of these different merchants and the 1099 requirements changing, The moment that you guys make $600 or more as a contractor from any position or any business, they will issue you a 1099 NEC, non-employee compensation, or a 1099K, which means that they received this income on your behalf and remitted that money to you. So the moment that you receive those 1099s, the IRS 
they're going to more than likely expect to see that income on your personal return. So the key number is $600 if you're receiving a 1099 and $400 regardless if you receive a 1099 or not, and you netted that in your business. That is great information. People don't know what they don't know, right? So we want to make sure that in this podcast where we're giving them Accounting 101, all things that they need to start that business. Is there anything that we missed today that you think they should know? I said track your business expenses and things like this. But I will also say consult with professionals. Try not to wing everything because in the end, what I notice consistently because I do the bookkeeping for a lot of small business owners, they are attempting to do everything independent of other professionals and skipping steps. And I'm a believer that you don't want to skip steps. You don't want to take shortcuts and the end it sets you back. So if you know you're weak in sales, don't go spend an enormous amount of money trying to learn sales, but start, you know, taking YouTube free classes, learning sales, how to close, how to market. Um, start learning, like I said in my concept, SOW. So start learning those weak areas because what I'm finding is that if you have the parallelpreneur, because they have the nine to five, they spend a lot of money getting the business started. And a lot of it's unnecessary. Then in the end, when the business never get to float, they look back and they didn't spend 50, 60, 70, and 80 to $100,000 in this business. They didn't realize they spent that much money because they wasn't tracking it. And then in the end, they don't get it back because they never was able to get the business going. So we need to really hone into the necessary skills that we need to have to run successful businesses. Like, yes, we have this online landscape where you could just it's easy. It takes like three or four hundred dollars now to really start a business. So I think the low barrier to entry is starting to have small businesses think that we can skip the necessary steps to really build a business. And we're investing our retirement. And this is where it gets scary for me, Dr. Finch, because I see them going into their 401ks and they're and they're spending their savings and it's not panning out because they're skipping steps and they're not honing into the trainings and the, the things that they need to, or, or they're, they're hoping on a wish and a prayer. Business requires work. Business requires accountability. Business requires skills and your business require accounting. If you don't skip any of those steps, most businesses, if it's a good concept and have a purpose to serve, they will be successful. The School of Wharton said this, Dr. Finch, accounting is the language of business. When I saw that, because I always believe, when I started, I was like, yes, they said it. So don't skip steps, guys. Just do it. You can do it. You can be successful. You can have the best of both worlds, have the nine to five and have the business and run big checks up and make money and be successful, but don't skip steps. Hone into the skills you need. Make the necessary investments once you solidify your strengths, opportunities, and weaknesses. Before you jump out there, make costly investments. See what YouTube University can offer you. Check out podcasts like this and start to learn the skills you need to be successful and hire the right professionals to assist you and have that strong discernment. And I think with those things, Dr. Finch, they should be successful. Wow, that was powerful, Felicia Day. Thank you so much. And y'all could probably tell why she's called the accountability accountant. She puts it out there and there it is. And I love it. <laughs> so, Felicia Day, I want to thank you so much for pouring into the guest today. Remember, stop skipping the steps. Your business is important to you. Your business is important to others. 
So we want you to make sure that you take all the steps necessary to make it successful for you and the other people that are going to benefit from it. I'm Dr. Ikena Finch. Be safe and be well. For more information about our university, visit us at studyatapu.com. APU, American Public University.